Welcome to uh, Sober Talk. Uh, I'm Dennis, uh, and I have uh, lived the experience of an alcoholic. If you know of anyone is struggling with alcohol, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on 13-100-222-222 or check out the website aa.org.au. And I'll just do the preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other, that they may solve their common problems and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. We are no dues of fees for a membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. A is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics or organisation does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses or opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. Hi, I'm Mason. I'm an alcoholic. And um, what it was like for me, what happened and what it's like now. Um, For me, I grew up in a family where drinking was was part of our family culture. You know, I grew up in a sporting club and and my mum's side of the family is Europeans, so we're allowed to have that glass of beer with, with you know, pizza night and, and wine with special occasion dinners and stuff like that. Um, you know, we're, we're taught to drink responsibly, but for me, that, that doesn't work because I'm an alcoholic. And, um, you know, I learned straight away that that I could identify with, with what that did for me, um, you know, how it made me feel and how it, the first thing I think I remember was was it slowed my brain down and gave me gave me a way to just to have maybe just one or two thoughts in my head once instead of a thousand and um which is quite a gift for me you know and and it just was was something that I used throughout my whole life to to just lubricate life really um and to deal with life you know I I started binge drinking at probably the age of 12 13 and during that too, during that time period, drugs entered my life as well um, as a means to, I think, more to be able to stay awake and and, and drink more. Um, you know, I I used it to escape reality. And I think before before I started using alcohol to excess like I did, I used other things like food and books and and anything I could do just to to escape me. Um, I wasn't happy with me. I never felt like I fit in anywhere and. And I really never felt like like I knew who I was. I didn't have that identity. But at the same time, if you spoke to me, I had this big ego and I was always you know, so loud and boisterous and, and I had an answer for everything. Even at the age of two, I could, I could give my mum an answer for everything and why. I never asked why. I told her why. And my poor mother, um, today we have an awesome relationship, but... That took that that's taken a long time to get back. Um, I did a lot of damage throughout my teenage years, especially to that. But with the beauty of this program, I was able to to start mending those fences. Um, but you know, keeping it keeping it in my teen years, I went through. You know, I put myself in some some crazy situations just because I just wanted to booze and party. That's all I wanted. You know, I started having blackouts at thirteen, fourteen, and and I didn't know what they were. You know, it's 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 a sign of a good night in Australia if you know you, <laughs> you don't remember what you did the night before. Um, 
But when it starts becoming a, a real issue and you really don't remember and, and horrible things start happening to you, especially if you're a young girl and you're hanging around with older people, um, which you shouldn't be, you, you're putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself at risk. And, and today I understand that a lot of that was my responsibility. You know, I, I didn't I didn't know I didn't know any better. Um, it's not my fault. Um, it's no one's fault, really. What it was, it was just a young, silly girl who just was already had in this cycle of, of addiction and um, alcohol had me in its grip from a very young age. And I understand that today, and, and I'm so grateful that I do. And, I, and I'm so grateful that I was actually able to put the booze down and, and find a way to start living a real life. You know, it's my, my life, I, um, I always had jobs. I had to have jobs because I had to have, have money to pay for the booze, and I had to, had to find a way to, to cover up the fact that, that I was an absolute mess. You know, I was filled with fear my whole life, so no one would know it. Because on the outside, everything looked perfect. Um, you know, I had the great apartment in the city. Uh, I had a wonderful job in a, in a multi-million dollar office where I run the sales office. Um, and, you know, on the outside, all the bells, whistles was all great. But on the inside, I was that scared little girl who just wanted attention. You know, throughout my teens, my early 20s, I would have done anything just to get attention. Um, all I wanted was to be loved. You know, I didn't think I was good enough to be loved. And... And, you know, I know today I was. It was all just in my head, and that's all part of this disease. You know, it it makes me think that I'm not good enough. Um, and it wants me to isolate myself from everyone so that it can it, so it can get its grips into me again. And, and you know, I, every time I found a group of friends, um, they all had to drink, they all had to drug, and they all had to party. And if they couldn't party as, as well as I did, and I started looking like the so great. I'd move on to a seedier group of people, so that you know I could look down my nose at them and 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 sort of look like the one that was good. Um, eventually, though, you run out of people like that. And towards the end, I was hanging around, you know, bikies and and <laughs> not very nice people and criminals and really not nice people at all. And so, obviously, getting myself into circumstances that that weren't great. I don't know how, but I survived, you know. Um, I know that I've always had a higher power that, that's looked out for me. The amount of times where I should have been at places where I've opened up the paper or looked at the news the next morning and, and people have been shot or murdered or whatever, you know, or, or just I've left at certain times. Um, and there has been things that have happened throughout throughout my journey that haven't been nice. But they don't affect me so much today because I've been able to, to, to through the 12-step program um, and the guidance of my sponsor and also hearing other people's stories and um, learning from their experience, I've been able to look at my life with reality <laughs> instead of the um, disillusion that I used to look at it with. You know, if there was a bad circumstance, I'd turn it into something good. And if there was a good circumstance, I'd turn it into something bad. You know, um, I couldn't accept the bad things that happened as bad things because then I'd have to learn a lesson from them. And so throughout my life, I had these repeated patterns that would happen. And all of it surrounded alcohol. And don't get me wrong, I loved booze. I loved, I wasn't one of these people that, that didn't like the taste of it. I loved everything to do with it, the flavour. 
I surrounded myself with it. You know, I worked jobs that allowed me to, to be around it 24-7. And, um, you know, I had so much fun. <laughs> I did, I really did. For the first 15 years, it was an absolute ball. And, uh, but you know, the last 10 or so, it, it changed. You know, when you cross that line somewhere, somewhere in, in the middle there, I crossed this line and, and it got really bad. It just, I didn't even understand. I didn't know that I was sick. I had no idea. I didn't know what the the, the alcohol was doing to my system, um, my like physically, let alone mentally or spiritually. Uh, I knew nothing of the disease of alcoholism. We had a joke that we weren't alcoholics because we didn't attend meetings, but I didn't know what an alcoholic was. You know, like everyone else, I suppose, that comes into the program, I thought the alcoholic was like, the guy that used to come in in the morning to one of the cafes I worked at and he'd get a craft, a two-litre craft of wine and, and drink it before he headed off for the day, you know, and he stank and he, and he had daggy clothes and he slept on the park bench near my house and and that's what I thought an alcoholic was. I never imagined myself as being one, even though I'd go home and drink four bottles of champagne every night. And and um, towards the end, you know, I didn't know anything about DTs. I didn't know that withdrawal symptoms what they were, and and I thought my shakes at 8 o'clock in the morning were due to my anxiety because of the stress of work, but they weren't because I hadn't, simply because I hadn't had a drink for a few hours. You know, through my teen years, my drinking progressed. By the time I was about 16, 17, I was a daily drinker, and, um, you know, there were, there were times in my life where I didn't drink every day, um, but... In those times in my life, there was something else. I'd either pick up drugs or I'd pick up shopping or something. Um, I have other outside mental health issues as well. So um, I've now been able to learn the difference between the two. But at the bottom of everything is my alcoholism. If I can't manage that and if I can't stay, stay stopped, then I can't even look at the rest of it because, you know... Anything else won't work unless I can keep keep the drink down. And um, I learned that recently. Uh, you know, I, I came into the program on the 16th of August 2017. I remember my first meeting like it was like it was yesterday. I stood out outside of that meeting, looking through that window, because my life had fallen apart, and I had nowhere else to go. I had nothing else. Um, you know, all those fancy things I had in my life that I thought would make me feel better had all disappeared. Um, all that stuff booze had given me, it had taken away. And and I was a shell of a person. I had I had no soul anymore. I didn't feel like I had a soul. Um, you know, I was full of just darkness and, and utter despair. And I just didn't want to be here anymore. I, I just wanted to die, really. I just... I just didn't know how to deal deal with life, and and I had lost my job at the end of October, October 2016. I lost my job, and that was probably the best thing to happen to me, because for the last two years, um, that workplace which I'd worked for for almost nine years had carried me um, through blackouts at work and and not turning up and running late and and only functioning on probably three cylinders out of six, <laughs> and they were amazing, you know. They were amazing. They were supportive, and and at the time when they when they got rid of me, I I was so full of anger and resent, and I I, I couldn't understand why. 
I really couldn't. Um, but my life really fell apart then. It really fell apart. It enabled me to actually just stay home on my own and drink and have my own pity party. And within six months, I lost at least 40 kilos and and my body started breaking down. I was waking up. My nervous system started shutting down. I was waking up, not being able to feel my hands and feet, um, not being able to move some nights. I'd wake up and just see like a stack of potatoes with eyeballs, not being able to scream out for help, not being able to roll over. And that was some of the terriest, like scariest moments of my life. I was absolutely terrified. Uh, hearing things and seeing things and and the paranoia in the end was just, oh, wow. Even to think about it now, it's frightening. And, um, you know, I didn't think I was that sick. I thought, yeah, I've got to put maybe put this down for a bit so I can have a look at my mum's mental health and maybe get on the right medication for that. That's the only reason. I didn't think I actually wanted to stop drinking. So when I lost my apartment in the city um, in April 2017, I moved in with my mum with my tail between my legs. This poor lady that I hadn't spoken to for, you know, not really spoken to for a good 10, 15 years. And um, yeah, she was one of the people that I could point my finger at. It was your fault, your fault. Um, you know, I was I had such a bad childhood, but I didn't really. You know, they gave me everything they could, and they did the best they could with the tools they had. My dad was a very heavy drinker. Um, you know, he shared his best friend with me. He used to take me to the front bar on a Friday night and we'd drink, and that was from from a young age, you know, from quite a young age. And But I, I know today that that's all he knew, so it it doesn't affect me. Like it did, I was angry at him for many, many years. But I've been able to forgive him today, you know. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2010 before I even even considered getting sober, before I even understood that I might have had an issue. Um, but when I found that meeting in 2017, uh, August 16th, on a Wednesday night, I remember standing out there, it was out the front of the teacher gully meeting at Greenwich, uh, and I looked through the window and I thought, what am I doing here? There's just a bunch of old men in there. That's, you know, what am I going to get from this? I'm not going to get anything. This isn't for me. What are they going to have for me in there? Right. And I saw one gentleman that I'm very close to today, and and he looked a bit rough around the edges, a bit like the people that I was hanging around with at the time. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll go in and check this out because that that kind of intrigued me. So I walked in and this beautiful lady, actually, she's quite short, so I didn't see her, popped her head through the crowd and, and introduced herself to me and held out her hand and I instantly felt comfortable. Um, you know, and I sat down and I heard I heard them share their stories and and they might not have been like my story, but I identified, you know, something inside me knew that I was in the right place and I knew that I was at home and... And I heard them share about what was going on with my body physically, um, how the alcohol affected my nervous system and 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 how all that stuff that was going on with me that I had no explanation for was all because of the alcohol and the excessive use that I'd been been doing and, and that I was close to dead. I heard about wet brain too and and I knew that the fact that I went from being quite astute with math to not being able to do simple addition 
uh, towards the end there was was quite scary for me. I knew that, you know, I was close to that. I was close to that wet brain they were talking about. And and I, I, I didn't want to be there. I didn't I didn't wanna I didn't want that to happen to me. Um so I sat down, I listened, I cried. I cried like a baby. <laughs> but it was a good cry, you know, it was it was a cry of relief. Um and I heard those stories and, and I heard hope for the first time in my life that there might be a better life for me. Um, there was something better than, than what I had on offer. And I went to a meeting the next night too. And, and there was that was the Pain and Women's meeting, which was one of the most important meetings and, and still is in my life. You know, there I met my grand sponsor and um, she took me to meetings after that. And, and I met a few other ladies that are still in my life today and guide me on my journey. And, and, and I cried that whole meeting too. But, I eventually became secretary of that meeting for about 18 months and, and it changed my life and my recovery. And and I might not have got this program straight away. You know, I found myself a sponsor who's an amazing lady and um, she gets me more than I get myself most of the time. And uh, I got scared. So I, I drank again. I drank again five days short of six months. But stupidly, I, I didn't come back to meetings. You know, I drank because I dropped off meetings because it started getting too hard and too real. All these feelings started happening and I just didn't know, just didn't know how to cope with them. I didn't know how to manage them. I didn't know what they were. I didn't do feelings. I did excessively happy or I did angry. That's all. That's all I'd known for a very long time. And and when I started looking at myself and seeing that some of that might have been me, that it wasn't them, they, all of that, that some of it might have actually just been me. I didn't want to look at that. I didn't want to accept that. So I took the easy way out and, and pick up some booze. But having known what was wrong with my body in the end and how close I was to to all these things that, you know, pretty much death, um, I was too scared to drink. So I picked up other stuff. And and for about four or five months, I stayed out of the rooms. And I I literally sent myself insane. Uh, I was trying to work at the same time and and I was completely nuts. And I remember I finally had a breakdown at work in, in the toilets and I was in there for about two hours, I think, after throwing up everywhere. I, I'm not sure if I passed out. I, I don't know what happened. I do not remember. But all I remember is my boss came in and, and she said the most amazing thing to me. She said, she said, we're all broken, but just in different ways. So now you've got a choice of what you do. I suggest you take some time off and work it out. Um, you can either go to the pub and, and get drunk or you can get yourself to a meeting and get well. And, um, you know, I owe that lady so much because I did. I, I, I walked downstairs and I sat in the park and I, and I thought for five, ten minutes, what will I do? I don't know what to do. I know, I know what I wanted to do. I wanted to go pick up that booze. I wanted to go drink. I wanted to not think about it. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to. I just wanted to wash it away and, and push it all down again. But but I didn't. Something something inside me said that that I was better than that. And so I got myself to a meeting, and I, it, it was a meeting I'd never been to. There was only four people at it. It was a Saturday meeting at Clarence Gardens, I think it was. And, uh, and it was probably one of the most important meetings of my life. Um, and, and I came back and, and you know, then I got 
into service again and that I started doing my steps properly and, and really putting some hard work into me and accepting some hard truths about myself um, and, and finding some way to get that forgiveness um, with others. And, and you know, I, I then ended up doing a lot of online, online service as well um, with the Power Talk meetings. And I managed to get, get those two years up. You know, during COVID, I turned 40 in April. Um, on the 24th of May, I got my two-year anniversary. And, um, you know, I, there was things I hadn't, hadn't addressed yet, like my, my guilt with my dad and, and a few issues with him. So in June, it was his 10-year anniversary of passing, and, and four days later, I picked up a drink again because I started not listening to, to, to my sponsor. I stopped calling her. I wasn't getting to as many meetings online. Um, there wasn't face-to-face meetings, so I could pretend I was all right behind that computer. That was easy to do for an hour and a half, um, especially when you're running the meeting, just to say, yeah, I'm fine, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and ask others to share and not so much yourself. Um, I wasn't working my recovery, you know. The the triangle of AA um, has three sides for a reason, Um service, unity, recovery, and you can't you can't sit on a two-legged stool. And, and I forgot the recovery side of it. I forgot about me. I started just um, hiding, hiding behind everything else again. Um, and I found myself in a position where I couldn't deal. And, and instead of talking to people and doing what I knew I had to do, instead of putting in the right action and doing those things I'd been taught, I ignored all of that and I picked up a drink and and it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, I ended up jumping in front of a car within the first six hours, not to not to kill myself or hurt myself, but just because I was angry at someone and <laughs> wanted to do what I said. Um, and that's the kind of person I am. I'm nasty. I can be nasty and just like that. Drinking's not fun for me anymore. There's nothing left in that bottle. I turn into that that evil monster straight away and um I just I'm out of control straight away so you know now I've got I'm coming up to nine months again I'm 263 days clean and sober because I um you know I'd been not honest with everyone I've been using uh street drugs again and uh, I started feeling like a fraud so for me, this this time it's a lot different. I'm I'm putting in more work than ever before to myself. I'm not doing as much service work, but I still I'm, I still am because service work is important. I've, you know, as much as I give back, I get tenfold from. Um, I've got a lot of strong people in 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 my past that have been put there for God knows why. Because I'm so lucky. <laughs> I'm so blessed. And, and I've, there's so many wonderful people in Adelaide that, that helped me in, on my journey that that I just can't, um, you know, put into words how grateful I am for that. And, you know, I've, I'm on a hide this morning. I've um, just found out this morning that I've got a job and it's, it's this perfect dream job for me that will work around my meetings, will work around my service work. Um, recently, I've taken on the literature position at the Central Service Office. And I'm doing two days volunteer there as well, and and um, I'm secretary of the online meetings again, and and life's awesome. You know, my relationship with my mum's going along really, really well. And for me to say that, I never thought I ever would have been able to say that. I've been able to forgive my dad for everything, and I've been able to take responsibility for my part. And um, 
not only that, recently I've started making amends with my brother. That's something I never thought would ever happen. Um, from the time I was five, that was it. We disowned each other. And and even when I was that young, silly girl running amok, I um I reached out for help once and I, I sat on that resentment because he turned away from me. And um, today I'm able to let go of that and realise that he, he had the same lifestyle growing up and, and maybe he felt the same as I did. And, and it's up to me to, to build those bridges because... I'm the one that has the 12-step program. I'm the one that has a connection with my higher power um, and, and has a better understanding of myself and the person I want to be and the person I am today. And I am I am constantly changing. Um, I know that I couldn't see the growth in the beginning, um, but I can today and I can feel it. And and it's, it's so amazing. What's on offer in AA is, is just beautiful. And I have the wonderful, wonderful gift of seeing girls come in today and, and, and talking to them and helping them in, that, in those early days understand what's on offer here. And, and it's so beautiful. And it's miraculous. I wouldn't give it up for anything. Um, I know for me, it is AA or amen. I, ca- I will always have to do meetings my whole life. And it's not have to for me. I've been one of these people from the beginning that's been a meetings person. And um, and that's, you know, as they say, meetings people make it. And it's more than just meetings, though. It's it's the fellowship and it's it's the guidance that you get. And, and, you know, I've got so many people to thank that I couldn't do it all in one hit. But those people that listen, they know who they are. Um, so thank you. And... I'm filled with love and gratitude and, and, and I'm slowly starting to find this, this way to have peace inside and I've never felt like that. I've never had calm on the inside in my whole life and today I have that and it's all thanks to AA and thanks to, to the fellowship and I know I can go anywhere in the whole world and get that. Just I can walk into a meeting and someone will hold out their hand and say, welcome, glad you're here, we love you and it's unconditional. And... Um, I think that's me done. Thank you. Uh, Dennis, thank you for asking me to share. Beautiful. And Beautiful. I hope, I hope I did it well. Almost like a public speaker. You did, I, I was blown away. I have um, no idea what I said either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do, do you, want, you don't want to work in radio, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you local? Yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, really? Dennis, I'm get on that. Welcome back. Uh, we have a number of uh, local uh, meetings in the area. There's a meeting every night in the in the Salisbury area. There's one Monday night meeting at Gawler at 8pm. Tuesday, Elizabeth East at 8pm. Wednesday, Elizabeth East at 8pm. Thursday at Two Wells at 8pm. Friday in Salisbury at 8pm. Saturday at Devron Park at 12 o'clock. Sunday in Salisbury at 7pm. And for further details of your local meetings, please call 1300-222-222. Once again, it's up to anyone you know struggling with the alcohol issues, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on 1300-222-222 or check out their website at a.org.au. I don't want to be the girl who laughs the loudest Or the girl who never wants to be alone 
Tell me that 